I am Emily Lyons. In 2011, without a high school degree and with no money to my name, I decided to start my own business. Since then, I've built several multi-million dollar companies and I don't plan on stopping. Being a businesswoman, CEO, serial entrepreneur, survivor, and general life enthusiast, I'm endlessly jazzed by the business of life, especially the stories of extraordinary people I've had the privilege to meet along my own improbable journey to success. I don't think it's fair to keep that privilege to myself, and I think you deserve to be utterly lifted and shifted by these people too. All inspiring people are inspired people, so get ready to be inspired. On today's episode, I have a brilliant guest. Dr. Nora Caldi is the founder and CEO of Neurotas. She is a mathematician with a PhD in bioinformatics. Nora left the world of academia back in 2014 to found Neurotas. Using AI and machine learning, Neurotas discovers peptides which can be used to improve human health. Nora's entrepreneurial journey started from her kitchen table and went to securing 60 million in funding. Now, Neurotas is a world leader in peptide discovery and is truly changing the future of healthcare. So why don't you, you tell everyone yeah. what your credentials are, what you yeah. do, who you are? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm Nora Caldi. I'm the founder and CEO of Neurotas. My background actually is a pure mathematics and computer science. And then I did, a, um, I've, I did loads of different things, but my, my PhD was in applying computer science and mathematics to biology and making sense of biology because there's a lot of data out there and, and it's very hard to actually make sense of it. So it's an area called bioinformatics. So it's the application of computer science to biology. And, and, and really my PhD was about drug discovery, understanding types of these types of molecules that are produced by nature, specifically fungi or bacteria that can actually be drug precursors in the future. Mm-hmm. how to identify them quicker, why do certain species make them and not others, why would they make them, what's their original function in the species itself, how can we extract them, how can we make the species express them more. So a lot of that was done during my PhD, and so I worked a lot on that. And then after that, I was approached, after my PhD, I was approached by a very large consortium that was coming together, and they were, it's, it was a very different area. They were interested in looking at health benefiting molecules so molecules that would improve human health but from dairy from all things yeah it was a very large consortium with major dairy companies and loads of different universities and the goal was can we identify things in everyday milk that can actually improve human health and i didn't know that area at all so my first kind of reaction to, to the to the job offer was uh, i don't know much about that area so so not really but then they came after me again and, and they asked me to go to a conference at that time it was in Napa Valley about milk. And I went there and there was some incredible presentations about latest discoveries and different components in mammalian milk. But one of them was about wallaby milk. And, <laughs> and it blew me away because it just showed me that I, I, I didn't know much about this area at all and there's so much potential in it. But basically, it showed how you can literally alter the development of a wallaby by the type of milk you give them. Wow. Because wallabies come out as fetuses. Mm-hmm. So you can literally shape the way they develop internally from a brain perspective, from a gut perspective, or externally from a muscle or fur perspective by the types of molecules in the milk you give them. I was blown away. I didn't know that research. It was research done in as early as the 70s and they've repeated it multiple times. 
And coming out of that, I'm like, wow, if someone could understand the molecular diversity of, of, of milk in general, mammalian milk, and understand how those different components can affect our development, that would be incredible. I took the job, I, I led this, this consortium, I led the, the bioinformatics part, so the computational part. And what was interesting, Emily, is that when I came into this area, a lot of the discovery of these molecules, even today, is the same thing. We're done randomly. You know, you just literally keep testing and testing until you, you stumble on something that works. And then you try and understand how it works and why it works. And that takes, again, more and more years. And, and, and sometimes at the end, you thought it worked, but it didn't really work. And, and you spend so many years, kind of wasted years in a way, to get to a conclusion that this molecule actually doesn't work. So when I came in to this area, I'm like, okay, how can we automate this? Because it was literally a data issue. And my background is, is literally data. So the biggest issue has been that whether you take milk or any other source material, any other plant or any, any organic source, you're talking about trillions and trillions of molecules in each of these sources. And the question is, how do you decipher that information? You find the one molecule or two that are going to have an effect what effect is that? And actually, it's a very complex mathematical issue. And this is why it, 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 so far it's been done randomly. When I started working in this area, I had to start from scratch, basically understanding, okay, can we understand the molecules? At that time, it was milk specifically I was working on in milk. Can we understand their structure? How can we predict what they're going to do when, when once taken and so forth? And I started developing a lot of these computational, with a team behind me as well, uh, computational ways to look at one molecule at a time and see what does what. And, and I remember it took a while to get to a point where we're like, okay, let's test our hypotheses. So we developed, we, we identified a few molecules called peptides in, in, in milk, and they were interested in things like antimicrobials, they were interested in things like insulinotropics, so things that would improve your insulin secretion or that would lower blood pressure, etc. And we were finding peptides in everyday milk that were equivalent, on at least on a cell perspective, initially in the initial stages, that were equivalent to nearly a drug. And these are molecules that are found in everyday milk. And then we realized that these molecules, when you drink milk, you don't really get the benefit because they're lost in your digestive system. Mm -hmm. so, so these molecules have to be actually uh, cleaved out. So they need to be unlocked from the source itself, from the milk itself. And I was blown away. I didn't know going into this project that there were so many different molecules that are there in nature that we're just sitting on and, and not realizing they're there and just not using them the right way. Because when you eat the, the source itself, you don't get that benefit. It's only when you identify the molecule and you actually unlock it from the, the full matrix that it becomes active. And then the second part of my research was, well, can we find these in other sources or is it just mammalian because milk is mammalian driven? And the second part of my research showed that, you know, these molecules are found in all sources, plants, marine sources, everything. And that it was just literally a question of data. And this is why, from my own background, the use of AI and new technologies in this area helps us decipher that information better and identify these molecules that have been there for millions of years. We've just sit and sat on them for many years and not used them the right way. And this is what I've been working on for, for a long time. And 
Neurotas came about because of that. So Neurotas really, you see consumer trends, you know, consumers are looking for sustainable, plant-based, healthier, scientifically proven, mm-hmm. things they can trust that have peer-reviewed. And, and, and that trend is just transforming and growing significantly, especially with technology and wearables and apps and measurability is becoming a big one. And, and then you have food companies that cannot supply food or, or supplement companies that cannot really address this need because they don't really know what's in their products and they don't really know how, how they work and how they can make them work. And, and Neurotas really is, is, is the first one to bring in this type of new technologies, AI, in molecular data and food, identifying the molecules that are healthy and creating them from everyday foods that otherwise you just lose in your digestive system targeting certain areas of unmet medical needs, very large problems in society. Yeah, and creating sustainable plant-based grass, all the boxes you want to tick, ingredients that are clinically proven to, to, do it, to have an effect. I can talk to you a little bit more about those effects that we're looking at. And this is just the beginning. You know, there's so much out there that we haven't explored as human beings. It's crazy. What happens once you, you find something? Because you so, don't sell your own products. Yeah, so a few things, actually. It took a while to get the technology to the point we are at today. So a lot of time has been spent developing the technology, making sure it works for us, and also creating our product portfolio. So we start off on a computer first. So we, we've been sampling sources from around the world, plant sources, marine sources, algae sources, etc., and bringing them into Neurotas and then testing them in, in the lab initially. So first on computers, we explore nature, we identify the molecules on computers, and then we physically make them in the lab here. And we test them on cells initially before we go forward. That goes through multiple times. We do that multiple times until we identify something that's really interesting. And then we move it forward in terms of can we physically make it? A lot of these molecules are hard to unlock from the source material. So can we physically make it? Is the cost, are the cost of goods, you know, in general, okay, can we scale it? Then it goes into loads of different testing into human. And we've done that in collaboration with a few companies over the past couple of years, but now we've started launching our own products. So we've just launched a couple this year and we'll be launching two more next. And these are, we launched them in two different ways. Emily, one is as a, an ingredient that food companies or supplement companies can add to their products. Mm-hmm. Or we are launching as well our direct-to-consumer scientifically proven health products as well. So we are moving towards taking them to market ourselves as well. Wow. I'm going to need those. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think uh, the way we've developed, you know, because if these things are in the food, why can't we get them from what we eat? Because, okay, when you think about it, Emily, Food, I, I always say, is, is totally, it's, it's the one thing we do every single day, you know, aside from breathing and drinking water, it's the one thing you do. And we know so little about it. So it's a paradox for me. We, no one knows, you know, what's the composition of food fully, you know, and, and that's on the molecular level. It's a totally unexplored area. 
And when you start looking into it, one of the things I always say is that there's more molecular data in food than all social media put together since wow. the inception of social media. And that's the truth. Like no one, there, there's like, there's a limitless amount of molecular data in every bit of food we eat. And literally no one knows what's there. And, you know, usual thing is green is good for you. Yellow is not so good. And those general things. But actually, when you look at the molecular level, there's things there. There are molecules in everything. And some are good, some are bad. Or some are neutral. You know, some are just don't do, uh, don't do much. They're just nutritional. And the question is, how do you get to the, the ones that if you have, let's say, inflammation, or you have, you're losing muscle uh, and you want to maintain it for longer, you, you, you want more energy, et cetera. What are those molecules that you need to consume more of to, to, to be able to do that? And what's interesting is that the molecules we're, we're interested in are called peptides. And peptides are part of these major proteins. So everyone has heard of proteins. Peptides are very small segments of proteins. And in the food itself, they're part of these structures. And what happens is that they get, they, they're basically, they're glued to other things. And it, it doesn't allow them to be active because they're surrounded by loads of different things that actually inhibit sometimes their activity. That's on one side. And then on the other side, when you eat the food, we all digest differently. So we break down the food in many, many different ways. So I may be getting the molecule, but you may not eating the same oh. exact food. Mm. So the question is, how do we create something that is the same for everyone. We're all getting that, that benefit if it's, let's say, anti-inflammatory, as an example, or if it is, you know, I, I want to maintain my cellular health for longer because we're made out of cells and each cell is important, so I want to maintain it for longer. How do I make that happen? And how do I know this product really works? And if someone tells me, well, you should eat, let's say, you know, fava bean, that's great. I'll eat fava bean or, or rice, but I may not be getting any of that benefit, most likely getting nothing of it. I'm getting the nutritional part, but not the active part. The active part comes really from activating those molecules, knowing where they are and, and knowing how to get them out. Without, it's, not about, it's not about concentration. It's more about activation of those mm. molecules in food. And it's funny because it is the one thing we do every day. And it's the one thing that can literally alter our health significantly. And we're only what, you know, we're, there's, there's a stat recently that was saying we only use 3% of plants around in, in the world, but actually even the ones we use, we're not using them the right way. There's so many hidden potentials there that we're not using because we have never explored it that way. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's just so much information out there and so much misinformation. Absolutely. And that's, I think, the biggest thing, because you have all these, you know, scientific research sometimes coming out saying this is good for you. And then, you know, a month later or two, oh, this is actually not, not very good for you. And you have these contradictions. And, and one of the major reasons is actually because food is complex. It's not a one molecule thing. It's not, okay, it's pure molecule and we know exactly how it works and it's good in these conditions and not good in these conditions. Food is like, like I said, trillions and trillions of mo molecules all together. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes depending on how they tested, the results may come out differently. And if you're eating the husk of the rice versus the rice itself, versus if you have high inflammation versus if you don't, it's, it's a funny one. And, and it's that diversity and that very deep, molecular again composition of of our foods that that make it hard to understand 
And this is what we're solving. So Neurotas is really solving that by, by understanding in every food, what are the, those components that are important and how can we bring them out and how can we give them to the right people? So for example, Emily, we, we, the first three areas we focused on were one is muscle, muscle health in general. And, and people don't understand that because they associate muscle to it, muscle building, but actually it's one of the, one of the things, one of the defining things in our aging process, our whole demeanor, our faces, our whole bodies can sag with muscle. You know, as we age, we lose about 50% of our muscles, skeletal muscle. 50% is massive. And it starts from the very early on from the age 28, 30, it starts declining. And and this is not about exercise or not. This is just a natural kind of, you know, this is the process of how things are and we lose muscle. And what's left, so the the muscle, the, the cells of muscle that are left are not as performed, they don't perform as well. So you have a decline in the mitochondria, which is this energy hope in, in the cells. You have a decline in metabolism. You have a decline in, in just elasticity of the cell and so forth. And as a result, as we age, we not only lose muscle and mobility and shape, et cetera, but we also lose energy and metabolism is not really uh, that well. So the question is, how do we maintain those for longer? Because the goal of Neurotas is really to keep people's health we want to extend people's health for as long as possible so that they don't drop into the disease after. But the question is, how do we, how do we keep that cell's health for longer? And we've developed, um, we've developed a few in this area, one of which is called PeptiStrong. It's an ingredient from fava bean. I was talking about fava bean earlier. That literally reverses a lot of this. So it improves metabolism. It reduces inflammation. And the different molecules, there are different peptides in it doing different things. Uh, it reduces the breakdown of muscle. It improves muscle, so protein metabolism, and it improves mitochondria regeneration. So there's, it's a network of peptides that work at the cellular level, improving that, that extension of the cell's health for a lot longer. So we've launched an ingredient and we're working with a few companies on, on introducing it into their pipeline of products. We've also launched our own product called LEO Life, which is a, a supplement made out of Pepti Strong. And again, the, purchase that yet? You, you can purchase it. Yeah, you can purchase it now uh, in the US. We've launched it in the US first. We've literally launched it recently. We're launching US first and then we're, we're, we'll grow from there. That's one, okay? It's in the skeletal muscle arena. And skeletal muscle people think about it as, you know, this is bodybuilding, but it's not. It's literally our physical health, our fitness, our energy hope. And you want to maintain that for as long as you can. So that one, and, and again, muscle has been recently, skeletal muscle has been recently connected to immunity as well. So, hmm. you know, the healthier your, your cell, your muscle cells, the healthier your immune system is. Yeah. And when you think about it, like I remember a friend of mine saying, yeah, your face sags, your neck sag. A lot of that is due to your cells becoming aged and your, your muscle hmm. declining as well. But aside from the physical appearance, internally, there's a lot of consequences to those to that as well. So that's one, one area. And it's, it's an area we're focused on. It can go into, you know, as from an ingredient perspective, sarcopenia as well. A lot of individuals actually lose muscle a lot faster than others as well. And it can go into multiple different areas. And then the other one is uh, metabolism in general. So we've done a clinical with this one in a pre-diabetic population 
as we age as well, we, our metabolism goes down. So we don't break down sugar as we should. And sugar is probably one of the biggest causes to many, many different diseases. But one of which, if we can't break down sugar and metabolize it the right way, it's not great. And this product can be, you know, targeted towards either overweight or obesity or metabolism in general and energy, but also pre-diabetes in general. So we went initially with this product, it's called PeptiForce. We went into pre-diabetics and we showed that taking the, the ingredient significantly reduces glycated hemoglobin, which is a measure of glucose in your blood over time. How and again, this one was extracted from pea, sorry? Oh, from peas? This one is from pea, yeah. The other one is fava bean, this is peas. And it's, again, these molecules have been there forever. If you eat the pea on its own, we've shown that you don't get the benefit. It mm -hmm. really is by, and it's not that different from the pea, it's just unlocking the molecule, allowing it to be expressed without everything else glued to it. And, and this one, again, this one, you know, we can target different, different populations with it. It's plant-based, it's sustainable. And then one that I think, uh, Emily, you like, and, and I love it myself, it's called Pepti Youth. We targeted the aging of the skin. So well, I was gonna, yeah, I was going to say, I, take, I use a topical peptide. Yes, may, maybe Matrixil or something. This one is a mm -hmm. new peptide we've found actually from peas as well. It's different from the other one. We've done a clinical, a really interesting clinical where we show significant reduction in wrinkles. I saw that on your, your website. Yeah, and, and the, the, the results are in so little. So in 28 days, you can see a significant reduction. This one, there's a, obviously, like the others, a lot of interest in terms of companies taking it and adding it to their products. At one stage, we'll probably make our own as well. But for now, it's sold as an ingredient. But the results here are phenomenal because what it does is that what's interesting about food in general is that it's not a, a one mechanism approach. You're not just doing one thing. You can holistically do a few at the same. So this one, for example, reduces inflammation, which is probably one of the major reasons for, for aging. Hmm. And it improves collagen production, elasticity production. The whole matrix of the cell, it, it, it improves the production of the extracellular matrix. It helps cell regeneration. It's a really interesting peptide, um, again, found in, in peas. And uh, yeah, and the results are really phenomenal. And there are many. We have one in the immune system, uh, in the inflammation arena from rice. We found uh, seven peptides that we kind of let loose from rice itself. And, and that one, there are many clinicals that we've done, both from an oral perspective. People have less inflammation in their blood. They move better. They do physical activities a lot much better. Their cholesterol goes down, their, their blood glucose goes down. Overall, it, it seems to be pushing the individual towards a healthier state. The same exact peptides were tested in a totally different formulation in a shampoo on dandruff and itchy skin. And the results there are phenomenal as well, because it's all about inflammation there as well. Oh, isn't that funny? Yeah, it's all connected. Inflammation is the one thing that's, it's the same everywhere in every part well, of your body. Yeah, so. I think that's what, what drives cancer is inflammation. Yeah, absolutely. Inflammation is one of the first drivers of that. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, yeah, um, like where my mom's has asthma, which would have caused the inflammation, yes. which I think is largely what drove the lung cancer yeah. to start. 
Yeah. Now, something I'm really curious about is with you knowing everything that you know, what does your diet look like and your, your supplements? It's quite diverse, Emily. So it's quite diverse. I, I eat a bit of everything. I, I'm more vegetarian than I, I, I eat. If I do eat meat, I eat very, very little meat. Hmm. I is try and keep it. No, it's just, I believe all the nutritional qualities are, are of what we need is found are found in plants, can be found in plants. <laughs> I mainly eat plant-based foods and I eat a bit of everything. I'm not a person that would go extreme on anything. I wouldn't say, okay, now I'm just going to go and eat fats or I'm going to go and just eat protein. Or I, I think a good balanced diet is very important for a good balanced gut microbiota because that's what you need, diversity, not just one type of food. And then from a supplement perspective, there are periods in the year where I do take vitamin, multivitamins like everyone, but I'm a great believer in, you know, for example, keeping inflammation at healthy levels. So I would take some of what we've, we've been doing now. So peptide or, or the rice derived peptides, I would be taking them myself to keep inflammation at like a, a normal level. I know, for example, you know, with age, we all lose muscle, et cetera. So I'll take Elio Life as well. I've been taking it for a while, even before we launched it. And I can see the results. So what I need, you know, we're all very busy. What I do need personally all the time is energy, focus, and being able to multitask. You know, that's really, a, you know, we, we're all looking for the same thing. But I also looking, also looking in terms of long-term staying healthier for as long as we can. Is there anything um, to avoid? Sugars is probably the biggest thing. Sugars, probably biggest thing to avoid for me. That's the one thing I, I try and avoid. Animal fats, I'm guessing for me personally, that's the same thing as well. Yeah. So when I, for me, it's a, it's a combination of eating healthy, but also having, you know, having days where you just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to have something I love pizza as well, you know. <laughs> it's not, I, again, I don't think extreme on anything is, is healthy. I think a wide diet, a measured wide diet is good. When and you say sugar, do you, do you mean specifically white sugar or will you have honey? I will have honey, specifically white sugar, yeah. Specifically cakes, mainly chocolate and, and things like that. There are other ways of doing healthier chocolates. That would be the one thing I, I'd focus on. Obviously, you know, we're made evolutionary-wise, we're made to love sugar. We all love sugar. It's just we are, that's how we've been, you know, genetically <laughs> made. And all species are the same. Most species like that kind of high-calorific type approach to store uh, just in case something happens in the future, and we, we, we don't find any food. But it's not about, again, just not having any sugar. It's about a measured approach to life, I think, in general. Mm -hmm. And then what we're trying to do, again, at Neurotest and what we're doing is, is really bringing that kind of measured approach in terms of, okay, you can eat, but really let's also get the benefits out of these foods even better. Or sort you know, of let's complement even contract some of the, you know, like if you are going to have sugar and it is going to give you the inflammation, maybe you can take this peptide, which is going to counteract some of yeah, that. Yeah, because a lot of things, 
And he's like, in terms of, if you think about it, a lot of the concepts that we have is in terms of supplementation. I am missing this, sorry, I don't have enough of this, so I'm going to take the supplement to complement what I, I don't have. Vitamin C, certain minerals, etc. And that's the, 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 the mentality that we've, we've grown up with. But the funny thing is that when you supplement a broken machine, it's it's very hard to fix the machine because it's like putting petrol in a car with a you know with a broken engine. Hmm. You have to actually fix the engine first yes. for the petrol to work better. That's what we're trying. The products we're, we're developing are already in nature. They're done there. They've been made to actually fix even the plants. And it's by fixing your cells so that your cells can perform better when taking a supplement. It's not just about supplementing. It's like one of the examples I give is like giving way to someone that has sarcopenia so that they're, they're losing muscle. You give way because whey is the building blocks, you know, it's protein, but that's building blocks. The issue with sarcopenia is that the cell itself is not doing what it should do. So how do we fix the issue so that your cell reacts better to the supplement and, and takes it better? And, and, and uh, that's the, really the core of every product we've, we've been developing. It's really on that basis of how do, we, how do we fix the cell? How do we get it to a younger state? Having the, the background, I just wanted to bring it back. Having the background that you did in, in, in science and everything, how did you find venturing into entrepreneurship? It's an interesting one, Emily. I, so it's, it's funny. I've always said that scientists are driven towards certain things, like, for example, you know, publications or I want to change, I want to improve human health. And they're always also, they're always grant writing, trying to get money. <laughs> so the goals are slightly different, but actually at the, at the end of the day, we're all driven by the same motivation of we want to improve human health. We want to create something. That something is not, we, we want it to be published, yes, but we also want it to change someone's life. So that's the commercial side that comes in. So I think the, the difference between a scientist and an entrepreneur is just that the, the, the goals might be slightly different, but the drive and the motivation, and, and they're very similar, I, I believe. In terms of business I come from a family that are, that are all business people. I was actually the one of the rare, <laughs> the rarities of the family. So I'm lucky to have both ends, mm-hmm. and and so I, I'm I'm really lucky to have both ends. And I think business is a very logical set of questions and answers, and it's the same in science. I think the one thing is flexibility. There's less flexibility that's demanded from a scientist than, than, than what's demanded from a business person. So being able to very quickly identify a problem and, and create a solution that's flexible enough to marry well with the, the problem, I think is, is something that's important. So I personally, yeah, I've, I've seen both, you know, my background is science, but I, I come from a family that are all business driven. So I've, I've been lucky that way. What's been the hardest part of, of the entrepreneurial journey for you? The hardest part has been that it's the time. So it's it's that kind of journey of saying, well, you know, you hear of these companies that have just literally launched launched a an app or, or software or something, and immediately that you know grow and su- super big very quickly, etc. 
And you don't hear of the hardship behind, I think. And, and also the whole biotech, because we're, we're tech, but also biotech. So it takes time actually to develop things. To start a business first with a concept of, you know, we want to create these types of molecules. We want to explore what's in nature and bring it to consumer. And we want these things to be scientifically proven, peer-reviewed publications and so forth. That takes time. It's, it's not immediate. And we're lucky now that we've started launching our products. But that time that it takes is a time where you're like, you know, if I created an app, it would have been already there. Yeah. So, you know, and, and it's, it's a lot of patience. But again, when you're creating something completely new, I was told many years ago and, and even recently, this is totally impossible. You know, no one can do this. Enough. You know, it takes time. And I think sometimes you just need to sit down and say, you know what, the, the, the time, you know, clinical can take up to two years sometimes, you know, but now we're out of these clinicals and, and we started moving our products forward, which is great. But I think that was the biggest learning. It's, it's kind of, because again, I come from a pure tech perspective as well, because pure maths, computer science, et cetera. But when you're bringing together two very different industries, life science and, and food, et cetera, with, with tech, the timelines are slightly different and it does demand a lot of patience and patient investors as well, et cetera. But that's, that's part of it, Emily. That's probably one of the, the hardest parts is saying, okay, well, it's not overnight. It, it does take time to develop these, these products. Mm-hmm. So much goes into it. A lot goes into it. Absolutely a lot. Yeah. Lots of decisions, lots of uh, hard work, Lots of decisions on, you know, well, we need to cut this project. Uh, we need to extend the clinical or we need to put another clinical and we need to get a budget on this, et cetera, et cetera. It's, yeah, a lot of it comes. I think, I really think what you're doing is going to be the future of where we're going to go with health, with healthcare. In one of your TED Talks, I'm not sure if you've done yeah. more than one, but I know that you said that 97% of public expenditures were going to curing disease and only 3% to preventing it. And I really think that the, the health system needs a complete reevaluation and overhaul. And I think that's really where it's going to go as we become just everybody sort of becomes more aware of these things and what we can do. Absolutely. I'm like, it's, it's mad that we live in a society where we just wait for people to get sick. It's just, and it's so costly and it's, it's unsustainable. Like, I don't know how governments are going to sustain this growing because we're all aging. There's mm-hmm. not enough young people, you know, paying for all this. And, and I'm many, like, I, I'm, I'm thinking more than 80 or sometimes even 90% of, of these diseases are actually preventable, you know, or, or can be at least pushed out for longer mm-hmm. and the savings that can be done with the, the, you know, the savings that can be done, that can be put on other projects like sustainability in general and, and saving the planet and, and, and climate change and other issues instead of just waiting for people to get sick. You see these numbers are scary, you know, in the UK alone, the US, et cetera, same thing. One on one on every three people have prediabetes or diabetes over the age of 30. It's just crazy numbers. And that whole metabolism arena that's that's going on. You have an aging population that's losing its mobility. You have all these massive trends. It's just, let's just wait till they get sick. And that's just crazy because, uh, and, and this is why Neurotas is doing this, is to create these products that 
I hope eventually will be part of the plan of, of different societies around the world, even reimbursed in terms of, well, let's give this to general population and, and prevent this from occurring, or at least delayed by many, many years. One study that looked at glycated hemoglobin, which is a measure of blood, uh, sugar and blood over time, looked at about 25,000 people over 30 years. And they showed that if you decline, if you bring down glycated hemoglobin by 0.1% or so in general population, you have lifespan that can extend by many, many years, five to 10 or something, something like you can you can improve, you can reduce cardiovascular issues by X percent. You can you can reduce the onset of diabetes by a massive amount of 25 or 30 or 35%. I can't exactly remember the numbers, but they're all massive numbers. And that's just by 0.1%. And the and this is what Peptiforce does in, in terms of glycate hemoglobin. But these things should be given to, to everyone because at the end of the day, what you get, the worst is what you get is nutritional. And the best is having this kind of extension of your whole health span and, and lifespan. It is mad that we still live in a society that thinks that way. A lot of countries around the world are, you know, looking into it heavily in terms of how can we be drug free or at least reduce the consumption of drugs and, and prevent a lot of these diseases. There's such a disparity right now between conventional medicine and nutrition. I know even when I was meeting with my mom's oncologist last week and Obviously, I've had my mom, I've, I've, I've been trying to get her on a certain diet, you know, that that really supports, Yeah, you know, we're just going, taking out sugar and good fats and all of that stuff. And the, the doctor was saying to me, well, sugar, sugar, honey and sugar is the same. And mm-hmm. you shouldn't have her on a, a special diet. And that kind of blew my mind. I know. I know. Because... Like I said, Emily, like it's the one thing we do every day. It's the one thing, and 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 it's not us. It's not Neurotas saying it. This there are lots of research now that shows that you can literally influence a whole population by the types of molecules you're giving them, either minerals, vitamins at that time, but now types of foods you're giving them. And it's not it's not something that is magical. It it literally is proven, and it's just. And it's the one thing you do every day, all your life. Mm-hmm. So you can really influence your whole life spam and health spam and yourself, your own health by what you eat and what you put in your mouth. And, and I think that's, that should be taught. That should be part of anyone's education. So it is surprising that you get that reaction nowadays. You and know? He, and he even said to me, you know, if, if cancer could be cured from a diet, I wouldn't have a job. Yeah, and that's, I know, and that's, that's the wrong way to look at it. Because on the other side, you have, we're, we're talking to a lot of medical people, and they're telling us their clients are coming in, or their patients are coming in. And they're, they're asking them, everyone's asking, anyone, anyone with any condition is asking, is there an alternative? Is there something else I can take in parallel with this? And they can't, they, they don't know. So they, they, they don't know what to do, but then what you get is all these people going online and getting things they shouldn't get yeah. because online you're 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 talking about the zoo of information Absolutely. and it's just marketing and there's no proof points. There's no and and 
So there needs to be a more regulated way of doing this because unregulated way means that there needs to be nutritional health benefiting molecules with true science behind, with publications behind that are supported by, by organizations and associations and governments even if it's not reimbursed, at least saying, okay, well, you can go to this website. We can, <laughs> we can accredit it that they've done the science behind because now it's literally everyone I know that has any condition, whether inflammatory condition, colitis, et cetera, or whether it's cancer, they're all taking something on the side. Yes. And, and that something can be really dangerous if it's not controlled yes. well the right way. And, and, and instead of just kind of, you know, closing your eyes and pretending it's not there. It is there. So how do we make it better? How do we regulate it better? Work, yeah, and, and merge the two. I mean, yes, when, and merge the two, exactly. When I first found out, yeah, my mom's diagnosed, so I, I pretty much ordered everything that I could find anything on. Mm. And then that's when I quickly realized that, okay, some of these things are dangerous that are being recommended. Yes. Like even like glutathione, which mm. is a powerful antioxidant, but... I ordered that. And then as I looked and I, and I found, you know, luckily I had a, I have a friend who's an oncologist and she said, search out anything on PubMed and look at the studies yes. behind it and look at the different, the, yes. what, where the studies were done, were they done in human glutathione protects, can protect the cancer cells. So yes. it can actually stop apoptosis. Um, yeah. So it can be really detrimental. So whereas, you know, things came up and the marketing came up saying like, oh yeah, I take glutathione, it's the most mm. powerful antioxidant in the body, but it can actually be very, very dangerous and NAC as well. But then I did find some things that I, that I have her on like Coriolis mushroom. Yes. There was a study done with stage four lung cancer patients, specifically with adenome carcinoma, which is what she has, yeah. that found a, a decreased 30% all cause mortality with uh, water-derived Coriolis mushrooms. And yes. so I've consulted with three different naturopaths and all of them agreed on this. Yeah, and then things yeah. like melatonin as well cause apoptosis yes. at high doses of 20 milligrams, 20, 21 milligrams, you know. But these are things that they, they don't have any, they don't have any side effects. Yes. And there's studies that prove it that have mm. been replicated. But nobody's telling that information, that. yeah, is kind of lost in the, in the, in, in all the of these, in all the other, yes. It's because yes. I ordered, you know, 30 or 40 different supplements for yeah. everything my mom's place because I was so, you know, yes. I'm like, okay, there's got to be things that can help her and I'm going to get them all now and then I'll research later. But I know it's like kind of navigating these things. And like astrologus was another one yes. that really showed beneficial studies replicated. Those are the, the main ones that I have her on. But yeah, there was a lot of ones that were really recommended a lot of places, but could be detrimental. But I yes. actually, when I first came here in March to stay with her, yeah. she was listed to get a knee replacement. She had really bad arthritis mm -hmm. and she was a nurse for 40 years, did shift work, really bad hip, limp, had a, a brace on. And so I got her on a curcumin supplement from tumor, yes. pepper extract. Within a month, she wasn't wearing her brace anymore and mm. wasn't limping and had asked to be removed from surgery. Wow. But it's yeah. like, so somebody who was waiting surgery to like, she was yes. away because she doesn't believe in any of that stuff. No, but it's, it's there, you know, a lot of these, because, and, and that's why there's the lack of belief. It's this mixture of marketing and kind of extracts that do this and this and this magical extracts. 
But really, like these molecules are everywhere. It's just identifying where they are and how to extract them the right way. It's true science. It couldn't be more scientific. Like most, most drugs come from, in a way, in a way from nature. They've been modified since, but a lot of them come from nature. They've been found, you know, in different areas of, of the world and, and then been maybe modified to specifically bind to certain regions. But it's not, it's not magical. These molecules are there. We don't, we've never really invented things. It's, it's just there. It's just how to find it and how to reach the consumer with it, with the right information. And instead of just blindly saying, no, we can't help you, or there needs to be some sort of more structured way of, of getting that information and, and regulated way for sure. Mm-hmm. So now where ideally would you, what are your plans for the future of Neurotas? Our mission is to improve the lives of billions and, and really it's, it's a big number, but really we want to be in, in, you know, in every home by 2030. And, and that is including being an ingredient of someone else's product mm-hmm. or being the product itself. Elio would be the first one. Elio Life would be the first product that we launched but there'd be many more behind it. And then, and really we want to be the ones that, that create this whole area between farm and food mm-hmm. to bring those two areas together that people can trust with true science behind and validation of peer reviewed and, and so forth. Creating that whole area, there's a, a few people around the world working hard to, to create it. And we want to be part of this we want to pioneer this area and really improve human health and, and use food to its full potential because so far it hasn't been used to its full potential. It is actually part of the problem. That's the issue. <laughs> you know, with all the processing, it's because we don't understand food. So it's become a problem as opposed to a solution. That's what, where we want to be, improving the lives of billions. Phenomenal. I think that uh, it's just, it's wonderful what you're doing. Thanks a million. Where can people find more information about you? I'm not a a social network person and I should, you know, more and more. (laughs) (laughs) The only social network I'm on is, uh, or social media I'm on is LinkedIn so far, but you can find, you know, a lot of info on on Neurotas website itself and Elio Life that we've launched as well. First product is called Restore. So Neurotas, yeah, www.neurotas.com. And the other website is www.eliolife.com to understand a little bit more what we're doing, what we have been doing, the science team behind, the mission behind the company, and the product portfolio that's coming through. Good, which I want to take off. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, Emily. Listen, enjoy yourself as well. And I'm sorry to hear about your mom. I okay. hope she gets better. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.